Welcome to the Avail Leadership Podcast, where our goal is to help you take your leadership to the next level. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're connecting with Ryan Leak. Ryan is a speaker, executive coach, author, and podcaster that trains thousands of leaders each year. Due to the extensive experience he's had in helping people remove the limitations that keep them from growing, you don't want to miss out on this power-packed leadership conversation. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to the Avail Leadership Podcast, where our heart is to produce quality, excellent leadership resources that are going to encourage you, challenge you, and equip you in the art of leadership. This is our heart. And every month, uh, we are bringing out new things, whether it's new books, uh, the Avail Journal, resources, and of course, this Avail Leadership Podcast with amazing guests, amazing leaders, uh, pastors, community influencers. And as always, we are not going to disappoint you today. I have the blessing of connecting here with Ryan Leak. Uh, he wears many hats, and he's going to tell us a little bit about that from being a, a speaker and an executive coach, an author, a podcaster. He is the CEO of the Ryan Leak Group, uh, which is a leadership development firm in Dallas, Texas. Uh, he's been part of documentaries. He's been part of books. And currently, he travels the country and teaches people how to remove the limitations that keep them from growing. Ryan, I'm so excited to have you here with us. How are you feeling to be here at the Avail Leadership Podcast? Man, it is it is such an honor, man. You know, I know I've known Dr. Chan for oh, it's got to be I want to say ten years. Ten years I've known I've known Chan's, and I just love what Avail is doing, and you guys starting this podcast. And I'm honored to be one of the many leaders. Listen, I know I know you guys interview some studs and some people that are just doing some great things all around the world, and so I'm just honored to to be here today. So good. That's so good. Ryan, you know, I think that I think that for such a time as this, the Lord has allowed our our paths to cross right. on this podcast. Uh, I know there's a lot of people who are very clear and aware uh, of who you are and, and what you've been doing. But I also know that there's some there's some new uh, uh, Avail leadership uh, listeners that are getting to know you here on this podcast. So why don't you take a few moments and share with us a little bit about your story, about the many hats that you wear? Yeah. So my name is Ryan Leak. Uh, I live in Dallas, Texas. I was born in St. Louis, grew up in the Chicagoland area. Uh, my dad was a pastor um, until uh, he had a he actually had a stroke when I was in the fifth grade. And so I went wow. from going to um, an African Methodist Episcopal Church, okay, AME wow. in fifth grade, and then transitioned to a predominantly white Assemblies of God church. Uh, in Rockford, Illinois. And so I went from black church to white church and I'll never forget the first time I went to white church. I was like, man, I've never experienced this. We were out in the hour. I was like, man, I've never, I've never been able to get breakfast after church in my life. <laughs> and so it was just a whole, whole new experience. Um, and then I got to uh, go to a multicultural church. And so I just started to see, man, so many different things and how different organizations lead. So I grew up with a, a ministry heart, but a business mind. And wow. so I, I had this interesting dichotomy kind of going on. And for most of my life, most people have said, hey, Ryan, you got to pick one. You've, you've got to pick either ministry or business. Wow. And I'm just, I've always just been the kind of person that's like, well, why? <laughs> like, I can really do 
whatever God calls me to do. And I'm not limited by, you know, whatever constraints or labels other mm-hmm. people put on me. And so someone got a business degree from North Central University up in the Twin Cities area. And uh, after that, I, I was trying to get business jobs, but I just couldn't get any because I didn't have that much business experience and I didn't have much business networking. You know, I didn't have that many business connections. I had tons of ministry connections. So a guy named Mm. Justin Lathrop, who actually introduced me to Dr. Chan uh, in 2010, he hired me to be a part of his church staffing organization, which got me really into the HR world and uh, allowed me to work with some incredible clients all around the country. Um, Then after that, uh, I had a video company for a while, and I always had a desire to speak, but didn't always have the opportunity. And in fact, what I would do to this day, they're still there. I would write sermons on my phone, and I would keep them in my notes, and I would just say, Lord, just in case, I'm always ready. I would write business talks, and I would keep them in my phone. i go, Lord, if you give me the opportunity, I'll, I'll, I'll be ready. So, you know... Over the past probably four or five years, um, I was, man, I've just been given some incredible opportunities that I absolutely don't deserve. Amazing men and women have taken chances on me, and I've just tried to do a good job with whatever has been in front of me. And so I uh, currently am uh, on a teaching team for five different um, organizations, churches um, in the country. So that's what I get to do on weekend throughout the week. Uh, I'm doing executive coaching, leadership development, I'm an author, and I have two podcasts of my own as well. And so, uh, so for for the most part, most most of my week, you, you know, there's there's usually something to do. Wow, that's awesome! I really love I love the the I love the story. I always love to hear the story sure. of the leaders that connect with us here on the podcast because everybody's story is a little different, mm-hmm. and and it sounds like you kind of had this um, kind of your your you had your feet in two worlds, so to speak. And in that process, the Lord just has been shaping both of them. Right. And, and for me, in my case, um, I, I say that at, at Vertical Church, where, where I pastor, we're one church, two languages, because my brain thinks in English, but it also thinks in Spanish. And again, yeah. just kind of those two worlds coming together. And and I think there's something beautiful about that, uh, Ryan, that a lot of uh, y- young leaders also can, can learn from, because right. uh, sometimes we feel like we're forced into, I have to be this or that. And right. it seems like you kind of landed on, wait a second, why not this and that? W- would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. You know, and I think there's, you know, my generation, the millennial generation, you know, there's, there's lots of leadership challenges that come uh, with that. And I think I, I still got a little old school in me. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm very much like, you need to have insurance, bro. Like you need, you need to figure like, like you can't just have great ideas. Like you have right. to have phenomenal execution. And so I don't, I don't just have ideas. I don't like, I'm, I'm an executor. I'm, I'm going to get it done and I want to get it done right. And so, so yeah, I, I just, I just rejected that. Hey, man, this is what I think you should be doing. I'm going, man, I really respect your opinion and thank you for that affirmation of what you think I'm good at. Uh, but (laughs) If, if given the opportunity to showcase some other skill sets, then, you know, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So I love, I love that. I think, I think that, that, um, that diversity and that, um, oh, there's a word that's escaping right now that, that ability to be able to flow here and flow there. I mean, I, I think that's, that's, that's a huge, um, attribute for a leader. Let's talk a little bit about, um, your coaching. You have, you, you're the CEO of Ryan Lee coaching. Um, tell us a little bit about the vision behind, 
this, you know, what led you to start yeah. in the aspect of, of coaching and, and who do you coach? Yeah. So uh, I work with C-suite executives um, all across America. And what I do is, is very, very simple. I try to hold leaders accountable. Most of the time, mm-hmm. if you're working with a C-suite executive, a C-suite leader, they know what they need to do to be successful. They just don't have any accountability. They're the boss. They're the leader. No, no, one's, no one's challenging them to do those things to be great. Uh, most of the time, they've got a comfortable salary. Most of the time, they've got a house that they like. They usually mm-hmm. drive a pretty decent car. They've got all of the things that there's, there's, no, there's nothing lighting a fire underneath. Right. And so what, what I began to, to realize is um, most of my clients, they, they weren't struggling in their business. They're struggling in their life. Yeah. There was something going on with them. They're going, man, something's, something's not right. So while we talk professional and, and put, put some professional goals on the wall, and what, what I'm circling in on is the type of men and women they want to become, the type of family people they want to become, um, their marriage, and, and helping them be an all-encompassing executive that they really want to be. And so looking at their five-year goals of, of who they want to become and trying to put some processes in place to help them get there. Most of the time, there, there really are no processes. Most of the time, there's no level of intentionality <laughs> of saying, this is what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And so uh, I give every executive homework after every session. Wow. And, and then the next time we meet, I just go, hey, how'd you do in your homework? And, and we just kind of keep it moving from there. That's good. It sounds like you have a holistic approach where you're not only helping them to discover and develop who they are as leaders, but also who they who they want to become as people, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, have you ever had any pushback from from executives and top leaders in this area? Of course. Oh yeah, <laughs> all the time. You know, uh, my my <laughs> a lot of my clients go, "Man, did you have to punch me in the stomach this morning?" And I'm just like, "I didn't. I wasn't trying to punch you in the stomach." But again, if you don't pay me to, to lie to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I have worked in organizations enough to know that oftentimes when you're the leader, people have a fear. They're intimidated by you. So they tell right. you what they want to hear. So you in, essentially end up paying a bunch of people to lie to you to make you feel better about yourself. <laughs> then it's a horrible way to lead. And so if someone's paying me money to be their executive coach. You are paying me to be honest with you yeah. about what I see within the organization. I'm not here to, I'm not here to, to be nice. Now, if there's areas of something I think you're doing good at, I'm going to be honest with you about, man, I think you're doing a really great job at this. Right. I saw you do this meeting, the way people respond to you. It's awesome. But if I see that your team is completely ignoring you and it's going in one ear and out the other, I'm going to tell you, Hey, there, there, there's, there's, a, there's some flaws here. And so it, it's, uh, yes, of course, there's, there's going to be pushback because they're just not used right. to having someone be so bluntly honest with them. And I'm not bluntly honest for blunt sake. You know, I'm not right. trying to hit someone with a right hook, but I'm being what I feel is normal. I'm just going, I'm yeah. calling it how I see it. Um, and it, there's, there's usually almost always a little bit of pushback. And then about a day later, it's, that was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I needed that. And the thing I hear leaders asking 
when I ask them about what they want more from their followers and from the people that they're leading in their organization, they, they, they're constantly telling me, I wish people were more honest with me. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. you're going to have to open the door for that because they're not going to do that on their own. Yeah. I think lead leaders are so used to kind of leading the way and, and they're so used to deciding and moving and going and doing that. Right. It's very rare for lead leaders to pause and listen or to pause and, or to, or to develop those connections with the people on their team where they feel comfortable enough to say, right. hey, we don't agree with this, or this right. could be better, uh, which I think is huge because I think it also takes Absolutely. some teachability, so to speak, or, or it, it, it takes a little bit of an open mind, maybe even open heart to say, hey, I want a coach to come in and speak into what we're doing. So you, you mentioned a little bit about just kind of the interaction between a leader and team, right? Let's talk about teams because I think this is a thing yeah. that most leaders really need need help and anything we can learn is going to help us, right? When we, when we, there's a key word that's been heard a lot now is healthy, right? Healthy team versus unhealthy team. What are some of the distinctions you would make here and speak into on the, the health of a team? Um, well, one of the things that I uh, got certified in a couple of years ago was the Enneagram. And uh, the Enneagram is a typing system. Um, what, what I love about the Enneagram is I don't always elevate it above disc or strength finders or insights or some of the other personality assessments. What I love about the Enneagram for me personally is it transformed my leadership more than any other tool in the world. Wow. For me personally. Wow. Um, it transformed my marriage. Uh, the Enneagram conversation we had was the most eye-opening conversation me and my wife have ever had. Wow. So for me personally, hey, I, I have it I have it pretty high high in my book. So I think what it does is it allows every time I've done an Enneagram workshop, the exact same thing happens. Misunderstood people feel understood for the first time. Wow. They're going, somebody spoke my language and was able to explain it to the rest of my team. So now my team doesn't think I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. So, so I think, uh, one of the character traits that I would say are important for a healthy team is a high level of empathy. And mm. What that means is, is it's it's a it's a team full of people that are going. I'm not trying to get everyone to see it my way, but when everyone walks in the room and goes, "What's your perspective? Mm. How, how do you see it? Oh, that's interesting. I, it's different than mine. Doesn't mean I'm right. Doesn't mean you're wrong. It just means it's different. And different is good for us. Sometimes I think whenever there's conflict on a team, we think we need to get that person out because a healthy team is one where everyone is always in agreement, but actually it's conflict that helps us grow and see Mm. things from, from a different perspective. And so oftentimes when a leader is having conflict with someone, well, because they're the leader, that someone, that follower doesn't last very long. And so what you end up getting is a room full of yes, men and women that are just (laughs) their fan club. So, um, you know, what is, what is your exact nationality? My, my fam- I was born in, here in Miami. My family's from Colombia, South America. Okay. So whenever um, a, a, a lot of, here, here's what will happen with some of my Caucasian clients. Okay. <laughs> and it's funny to me. Okay. What will happen is they will do something on race, something, something on diversity, equity, uh-huh. and inclusion on some level. And what they'll do is they'll ask their five white leaders how it went. <laughs> right. And they'll go, it was great, man. Oh, dude, that was amazing. And they'll go, great. <laughs> that, that was a win. 
it, there's some of them will be pastors. Hey, we did this series. And they'll ask 10 of 10 white people that go to their church. Hey, how do right. you think that went? They'll go, man, I think it went great. It was awesome. And again, it's, yeah. it's no offense, but it's going, how do you know it went awesome on when the subject matter is diversity and inclusion? And uh-huh. so it could be a thing where, where everyone in the room is there. There's such big fans that, man, they, they can't really be honest. And that, that's where things get really unhealthy. I think, I think a really healthy team is where you see um, a, a diverse group of voices in a room that are speaking yeah. to uh, the vision and mission of that organization. I love that. I'm hearing uh, empathy and diversity. You know, it's something interesting because a lot of times when I bring the question or when I talk about health on a team, I don't think I ever hear empathy as high on the list. You'll hear communication, right? You'll hear trust. But I think there's something there with with the whole empathy and feeling understood. I think. Yeah. I think there's something really strong there. What 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 are some of the what are some other things just to kind of pick your brain as an executive coach here? What are some other what are some other str- struggles that you see in teams? You're mentioning obviously not being able to understand one another, maybe lacking a little bit of empathy, um, maybe maybe a lack of of diversity or diversity in voices and 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 cultures even. Uh, what else? What are other struggles that teams have to really find yeah. that that momentum and that unity and that health? Um, I, I would say uh, two two more things. One would be offense. Mm. Um, there's, we are the most sensitive <laughs> that we've ever been as a culture. Yeah, you can't say nothing <laughs> to nobody. And what happens is, and again, I keep saying this over and over again. What happens is, is you don't get honesty from anybody because no one's being honest. No one, because they're afraid of going, you know, I had a friend the other day who was like, man, you know, I, I, they're not gonna fire me for, for what I said. I went, yes, they will. It is mm-hmm. 2020, it's like, no, they're not. I go, okay, next day, fired. Wow. I mean, just, so, the the level of sensitivity is at an all time high, which means the level of offense, or mm-hmm. or the ability to offend is yeah. is yeah. at an all time high. And so you you see that being a major issue. So I I try to help teams be unoffendable. I wrote a book called Unoffendable. That's good. Um, where I I try to help people go. If you don't create space for someone to actually if, to just be able to talk without dancing without political correctness without mm-hmm. you, you won't get honest feedback mm-hmm. you, you'll never know the actual truth about what's going on because everyone's so afraid of offending offending other people and and that that can be that can be very challenging the the second hurdle that i see with teams is pivoting Mm-hmm. It's pivoting. It's 2020. It's the yeah. year of change, whether you want it or not. <laughs> and so, so you, what, what you end up seeing is John Maxwell says, uh, when it comes to change, 25% of people love change. Another 25% of people hate change. And then the other 50% are neutral. And you just have to figure out which of those 25% of people are going to influence the 50. 
So you want to focus on the people that like change and go, okay, let's help those 50. But there's 25% of the people that just won't make the trip <laughs> as it pertains to change. When, if you think about it, that's usually how it goes in the meeting. There's usually about two, two and a half people that are going out of 10 going, I don't, I don't think we should do this. But, but again, it, it makes us uncomfortable. But man, this has been a year where you have to pivot. I have one client that lost $150 million this year. Mm. I have another client that gained $250 million. Mm. One was able to pivot well. Another one wasn't. Just weren't prepared. Wow. How, how quickly you can change and adapt to culture is, uh, is massive. And I think that that's something that is very difficult for teams. That's good. As a, as a pastor's son myself, and as a, um, actually a, a successor, my, my father passed yeah. on the torch to me in our church. Yeah. And I was, I was given the responsibility to, to take over the church and I, I relaunched the church. We, we relaunched about five years ago, yeah. uh, you, you know, new name and everything. Cause the vision kind of expanded to both uh, English and Spanish. And so what you're saying right now, I not only believe, but I've lived through it. You know, I, I wish I would have known a little bit more on the, on the, on that front end, uh, understanding the challenge that it is to transition an organization, to pivot uh, how we used to do things, how we're now going to do things, to uh, to transition our minds and our and our processes and our systems and our people to hey we we did this this way for twenty years, um, now we're making a few adjustments right that, right. that that's so key I think you're right that the the ability to pivot and to change right. and to transition is so huge I, I want to. I want to take a step back though. Uh, you wrote a book called Unoffendable. And yeah. so you made a really good point. I think, I think it's true. I think one of the, the biggest toxic uh, uh, factors on a team is when there's unresolved conflict, which mm. usually is in the form of I'm offended by what he said. I'm, I'm hurt by how she treated me. Um, and then not being able to talk about it, not being able to, 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 not even knowing how to deal with it. And then lead leaders, maybe not providing a, a space for it or you know, a tr training for it. So tell us a little bit more about that book, about Unoffendable. Well, I, I wrote it uh, in response to, you know, everything that was happening in 2015 and 2016 and a Black Lives Matter organization was just getting some steam and it was causing a lot of conflict within a, a lot of conversations. A lot of people misunderstood or the statement versus the organization. And, and that was back in 2015, 2016. Well, mm -hmm. I thought surely four years from then we will have we would have moved on to a new conversation. Things wouldn't be more divided. But yeah, it got it got worse. We got more <laughs> sensitive. We got more. We were more were more offended than we were mm -hmm. before. And so um, so it's crazy. Just like a whole new run of that book. People are like, man, we need this book right now. And I'm thinking, I thought it would be outdated, but apparently it's it's not. No. So then the heart of that book is really um, there's there's a there's a cup there's a pathway I believe to being a person that is truly unoffendable. For me personally, it starts with a relationship with God. When you realize that a loving God let, let you off the hook. Yeah. And you did not deserve that. Grace. It changes how you treat other people. It just does. Because you're going, how can I hold something against you when something has, um, the illustration I like to give, um, I remember I got pulled over. I was speeding, absolutely. And this Texas Ranger, he's he goes, he comes, he comes up to the door. He's like, "Hey, where are you going?" I said, "Man, I'm going to the gym." He goes, "You know how fast you're going?" I said, "I was going 85 miles an hour in a 70 mile, you know, highway deal." Mm -hmm. 
And he said, hey, I'm going to let you off the hook today. Slow down. I felt more generous that day. <laughs> because, because I got away with something. Someone let me off the hook. He had every right to give me a ticket, but he didn't. And yeah. but because I got let off the hook, I mean, can you imagine if I was driving down the road wishing other people would get pulled over after that? It's like, no, I was given something I did not deserve. Yeah. So yeah, other people should get what what I don't think that they often deserve. And so so that that's the first thing. The second thing is 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 really truly realizing that I'm an offensive person. Mm-hmm. And most people, when most people think of offense, they think of all of the people that offend yeah. them. Mm-hmm. They rarely think, man, there's something that, that perhaps I've said that could rub someone else the wrong way. And so I, I should perhaps mm. make some adjustments. I should perhaps think through my words. And I don't want to get so politically correct, but I also want to be uh, self-aware enough and, yeah. and understand how my words impact other people, but it starts with going, okay, I've, I've done some offending and what would I want someone to give me? Grace. <laughs> I would, I, we all want grace. We, it's, we all struggle to give it away. And so, you know, this book, man, it really just walks a person through, man, I, I tell stories about even my wife and I, friends and I, where it was just, we allowed one small thing to snowball yeah. into something, something big. And sometimes when we find ourselves in conflict with others, I've often found that the thing we're fighting about isn't the thing that we're fighting about. It's pent up energy over, over lots of things. I've watched way too many people. I mean, dude, I'll, I'll sit with clients and we'll get deep. And when we find out what's really bothering them, we end up back at a middle school lunch table mm-hmm. and I'm going, here we are in our forties and our fifties. And we're making all of these other people pay for a bully from 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. We got to let it go. So that, that that's the heart of the book is to help people let go of some of their unforgiveness, bitterness, maybe that they've had towards people in their past, especially if it's the nineties, if we're talking nineties and it's 2020, I mean, come on, we, 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 we got to move on. <laughs> That's good. You know, I, I agree. I think um, it's so easy when we when we hear about offense and offenses, we tend yeah. to naturally think of ourselves on the receiving end, um, oh, yeah. as opposed to realizing, hey, there's there's not one of us here who's perfect. Right. And uh, yeah, we may feel offended and receive offense, but we right. are also, you know, we're also on the giving side of offending as well. Absolutely. And I think that that sobers you up a little bit when you realize, hey. Um, man, God's grace and mercy on my life, which I, I did not deserve. And it still, right. it still comes up, you know, and yeah. uh, same thing in family and, and, and in the workplace. And, you know, I think, I think this is huge. Uh, this is really good. This is really good, Ryan. I think, I think leaders uh, need conversations like this, where, where we get to the heart of issues, where we get to the heart of things. Um, I, I know that, I know that you were mentioning just about where we find ourselves this year. Let's just talk about you know, at the time of this recording, it's 2020, right? And we can all agree. I've been saying this every podcast, literally 2020 is kind of on its own. There's a year, there's no year like 2020, as far as I can remember in my lifetime, you know, how have you grown in 2020? What have been some, some of the lessons you feel that you have learned? What, what, what's, what stands out to you this year for for your personal growth or, or what you, or, or what maybe even God's been working in you or just in your 
leadership and coaching and, and as a professional, yeah. you know, what has 2020 been bringing out of you? Yeah. Well, I, I can some sometimes be a little bit of a contrarian uh, by by just nature. Um, it is as weird as this sounds. 2020 has been one of the best years of my life. Wow. And part of it is for a couple of reasons. One, there is a scripture that anchors my life. Count it all joy, my hmm. brothers. James. There's trials of many kinds. And so while 2020 has been a tough year, it's been a great year because I've had lots of trials. <laughs> and I've just decided to count it all joy. And the other reason that I think 2020 has been great, not just for me, but for all of us, is it forced us all to do something that we would never do in a million years on our own. Slow down. Mm. The, the pace we were going at as a society mm. was destroying us. Yeah. And so uh, um, I got to spend more time with my family than I ever have, mm. ever. Now, um, did I make as much money? Did I speak as much? Did I sell more books? No. But the things that matter the most got the most attention in 2020. So that's why for me, I would say, man, I, I've, I've learned how to pivot, man. I added some, some skill sets that I didn't have before. I think whenever we see many trials, whenever we see uh, lots of turmoil all around us, I think it's our greatest opportunity. And, and, and we can complain about what's going on around us, or we could do something about what's going on around us. Uh, we can, uh, I like to call it the lazy river. You know, if you've ever gone to a water park, they have mm -hmm. this lazy river. You just get in the tube and you just go wherever it takes you. Mm -hmm. I think that's how a lot of people approach 2020. But as leaders, we have to go, we got to get out of this lazy river and go, <laughs> okay, we get to make a difference. Like if you're a leader and part of your mission is to make a difference, there's no greater year to do it right. than 2020. So for me, I'm like, let's go. Yeah. You know, like for me, I'm going, let, let's let's help more people than ever before because the opportunity is is in front of us. And I've done more Zooms. I, I didn't speak in the same amount of places that I spoke last year, but I've spoken twice as much gotcha. because I can just record and send videos all around the world and come right back home from the studio. Now, normally it'd be a flight, it'd be a hotel, it'd be multiple nights. Uh, man, one day I was able to record five messages and was home by two and I was done for three mm -hmm. weeks and got to, you know, so uh, the technology jump that I think we were able to make this year has been absolutely phenomenal. And uh, I, I think there's just so many opportunities out there. And I, I think it really comes down to your mindset for how yep. you are going to approach. Again, you know what I felt more this year? Permission to be happy. It <laughs> almost feels like if you promote any type of joy or happiness in 2020, it's like, oh, that's insensitive <laughs> to what's going on around us. I'm like, 
Right. Those aren't mutually exclusive. I can be empathetic about your pain and still celebrate. The, I had a friend whisper to me that he got a raise. He whispered right. it. He goes, hey, man. Hey, dude. Hey. <laughs> hey. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> I got a raise. And he like, felt bad. I'm like, congratulations. <laughs> That's not hard to say. Does that make sense? Yeah. You can feel that pressure. In in a time where it's just going, man, I I I uh, man, I, I think if if for those of us that are in a position mm-hmm. that still have jobs that are mm-hmm. still blessed, and there are people that lost jobs and don't have a lot, guess what? We're here to help you. Yeah. But um, this invitation that we have to have a pity party for 365 days, right. pardon me if I don't show up. <laughs> right. Right. So so man, I I just think that this year. Um, was it, um, heavy? Was it exhausting? Sure. Um, but one of, one of, one of the phrases I've, I've began to live my life by sometimes life sucks. You should enjoy it anyways. (laughs) That's how I feel, man. That's good. Hey, you know, I think, I think as, as I was listening to speak there towards the end, I think the best leaders see opportunity where others see obstacles. I think 100%. I think the best leaders see innovation yeah. where there's limitation. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what you're what you're talking about. You know, in addition in addition to obviously being able to slow down, which is something that by nature most of us lead leaders would not do um, unless we were forced to. You know, so God has a way of working the good out of the most difficult and challenging uh, circumstances and situations. That's great. That's great that you bring that up. Um, there's something that you talked to me about when we were, when we first kind of connected talking about doing this podcast that really caught my attention. Um, And it has to do, uh, I think with one of your podcasts as well, where you talk about followership, which by the way, is not a word that I've ever used before I talked to you. Followership. You, you kind of talk about this idea that the, the biggest problems that leaders have isn't leadership, but rather followership. Can you touch on that? Yeah. You know, you know, as I began to work in different organizations and I was working with C-suite executives, I would sit down and go, all right, I'm going to help them lead their team. But 90% of the time they would go, my team's fine. I need to figure out how to work with my leader or I need to figure out how to work with other leaders. And so I started realizing that, you know, a lot of people just have a followership issue. Um, in terms of following following their leader, even while leading, and mm. so um, you look at a at a company like uh, Amazon. I think Amazon has eight hundred forty thousand employees, something something around there. Um, how many of those people would we say are leaders mm. that work at Amazon? You know, like let's just say ten percent. Okay, that's, that's right. eighty four thousand people that are leaders at warehouses over departments, delivery trucks, you name it. Well, they're all still following Jeff Bezos to a degree. Mm-hmm. And so how do you, how do you really do that well? And so to part of what I've been helping people understand is helping them understand their leader better. And so one of the ways that, that people can understand their leaders is they have to really pay attention to what they communicate. What, what do they communicate? And so uh, I, I teach leaders actually how to study their leaders' emails. Okay, they mm. sent out this email. Okay, well, let's break down that email. What they talk about? 
Who do they celebrate? What activity do they celebrate the most? Mm. Because some leaders are very numbers driven. Some leaders are very empathy driven. They're story Mm -hmm. driven. Yep. You've got to understand what your leader is, is all about. Uh, we, I do this, especially when we talk about pastors transitioning, taking over church. I mean, mm-hmm. I go in, I'll tell that whole, that whole staff, Hey, you need to wipe the slate clean of whatever you think about your, your exact role. You need to find out from that leader, what That's breaks good. his heart, what breaks her heart. What is mm-hmm. it that, that, that makes them tick? Because if you don't know that, what you'll end up doing is you'll end up spending a whole lot of energy, money, resources on projects they don't care about. And then you're going to be frustrated because they didn't give you an applause. Some leaders like to give applause through uh, verbal praise. Some leaders like to give applause through the paycheck. They're going, I paid you, didn't I? That, that's your applause. Every direct deposit you get every other Friday is how I'm applauding. You, you have to understand you're a leader well if you're yeah. going to follow them, that's follow good. them well, because if, if you're constantly bringing up ideas that boost your name and your department, but doesn't help the whole organization, and you can be one of the greatest leaders within the organization, but you're doing a horrible job following. And so, so I try to teach people how to, how to better understand their leaders and, and, and paying attention to what they're counting, what they're celebrating and what they're communicating. That's good. What you, what you're talking about, it's, it's, it's kind of counterintuitive because in essence, what you're saying is the way you become a better leader is by becoming a better follower. Uh, mm-hmm. And in essence, the better you follow, the better you will lead. Cause that's, that's what I'm understanding. Um, Cause we're so, you know, we're so quick to think, okay, what do I need to do as I'm leading? What do I do as I'm leading? Especially if you're in, in middle, middle management or, or a leader under the lead leader, yeah. you know, you're not only, you're not only leading, but you're following, you're not only following, but you're leading. And so paying attention to how well I follow will in turn result in me leading better. Would you agree with that statement? Absolutely. And because it, it's a, here's, here's what's interesting. Uh, let's talk Jesus for a second. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What word did Jesus use more? Lead or follow? Hmm. I mean, just think about that for a second. He only <laughs> ever asked us to follow. follow. Yeah. Yet, yet, yet there's, there's this idea of like, everybody wants to be the leader. It's like, <laughs> Well, there can only be one. Dude, I was sitting with a client a couple of days ago. Everybody in the organization wants a raise. Everyone in the organization wants a seat at the decision-making table. I go, well, the table is only so big. <laughs> I, mean, mm-hmm. I mean, like at, at some point you're gonna have a sanctuary. It's no longer a table. Yeah. Everybody can't be a leader. Everyone can't be a leader in the organization. There's, there's, only, there's only so many seats. Somebody's gotta raise their hand and go, I'm gonna be the best follower in this organization. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to do my best with what I have in my in my world, and I don't need accolades. I don't need a pat on the back. I don't need notoriety. I don't like. I'm just going to do a really great job right where I'm at, and and let the chips fall. So yeah, man, I absolutely agree. That's good. I love that, um, Ryan. This has been good, man. I, I I think we could be here for another 
couple hours just talking leadership because yeah. we love leadership. I love leadership. Everybody who's connected loves leadership. Um, I guess I want to transition as we as we begin to kind of hit the final stretch here. I want to transition into any any uh, current projects, um, sure. any other books. What what's what's coming out? What's coming up or what's out right now? Yeah, so uh, I've got two podcasts. One's called Followership. Um, which talks about what we we just kind of mm-hmm. covered just a little bit. I've got a bunch of different guests that are awesome, from uh, marketplace leaders to um, lead pastors uh, that okay. that I've interviewed. That are it's it's a great. It's my goal is to have the podcast that leaders say, "I want my whole organization to go listen to this," and if they do yes. this, you know, we'll 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 be a great company. So, so there, I have that. Then I have another podcast called Lifecast where I talk about whatever I want to talk about. <laughs> okay. I talk about <laughs> life. Sometimes it's about politics. Sometimes it's about race. Sometimes it's about love. Sometimes it's about money. Um, right now it's uh, all about self-care, which I think is just really, mm-hmm. really important. I think this year yeah. has really COVID-19 race and politics have dominated the conversations so much so that I think we've ignored some other equally important conversations. I tell people all the Mm -hmm. time, cancer did not take a break in 2020. Right. It's not like cancer was like, oh, COVID, oh, okay, all right, we'll we'll leave it alone. Like, (laughs) there there are so many other important issues that also deserve some some conversations. And so we've been talking a lot about self-care on on LiveCast. Next year, then got got a really fun project called Chasing Failure, and it's all about just taking risk and, and giving people the tools they need to um, and to take that next step to get outside of their comfort zone. You know, I, I was doing some research. By the way, is that a book, Ryan? Is that a book? A book, a book comes out in June. All right, Chasing Failure. Yeah, it comes out in June. So uh, yeah, I was reading this book, and it 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 so illustrated almost what I feel like is my life's mission. This researcher was doing research on stress. So they had people jump out of an airplane repeatedly with parachutes over and over and over again, all in the same day. And what she found is that by the third jump, their stress had been reduced down to that of someone that was running late to work. And so what she discovered is the more we take risk, the less stressful it becomes. Wow. And for me, I have spent my life simply jumping out of airplanes. Mm. Just keep jumping. Sometimes people see some of the things I've done or am doing and they go, how in the world are you doing that? I went, I don't know. (laughs) I'm in the air and I'm floating down to the ground, but I just keep jumping out of the airplane and that's what i i try to encourage people to do i i just just go for it yeah, okay you might lose something okay you lose my okay you lose money you might make some money who knows you know go for right. it so that's kind of my mo wow yeah i think most most people kind of are risk averse and we don't want to but sure. that's a really neat uh research there that's a re- really neat study that yeah. the more you take risks the, yeah. the more comfortable you get with it and the more opportunities come that's really good yeah. ryan how can people stay connected I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to want to tap into some of these uh, unoffendable, your, your book that you've already have out, the, the one that's coming out next year, Chasing Failure, the yeah. podcast. What's the best yeah. way that people can connect with you? RyanLeak.com. It's really simple. RyanLeak.com. Everything's there. Podcasts are there. Show notes are there. Uh, documentaries are there. Uh, executive coaching stuff. Corporate keynotes, everything can be found. Ryan Leak, I'm Ryan Leak on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram. I'm Ryan Leak everywhere. 
Awesome. That's great. Um, I really appreciate your time. I want to mention one last thing before you give us some closing thoughts, Ryan. Uh, The Avail Leadership Journal. Anybody watching the YouTube video right now can see I have it in my hand. The Avail Leadership Journal. Dr. Sam Chand and the Avail team has been doing a wonderful job. And I'm not saying this because I'm on the Avail team, but really this journal, this leadership uh, uh, magazine, if you want to call it, is such high quality from how it feels to the the content and the yeah. amazing leaders and pastors in it. Um, Ryan, we're going to get one of these in your hands. I can't Make wait sure. to get it. I can't yeah. wait to get my copy. Everybody who's listening, if you go to availjournal.com, you're going to get a, you can get a free annual subscription, not just one free journal, a free wow. annual subscription to the Avail Leadership uh, wow. Journal, which is an amazing resource for leaders It is awesome, awesome, awesome. So I want to encourage everybody to do that. Also, for those of you who are looking for leadership uh, community, a leadership fellowship, you can go to availleadershipconnect.com, which will lead you to our our private uh, Facebook page. It's, It's an Avail Leadership Connect Facebook where there's leadership content coming out, conversations, questions, just another way to tap into other leaders and to, and to learn together. So you can do that. Um, Ryan, before we close off here, what are some final thoughts you want to leave everybody with after this amazing podcast? Well, the last thing I want to leave people with is, you know, there's probably what we've got, we've got one month left in 2020 Mm. one month i want to encourage every single viewer every single listener don't fast forward to 2021 just yet Mm. give your best to where you are right now god is not limited by our little 365 day calendar you know god's god's not god's not shaking in his boots Man, if you're a leader, lead well. Do your best. Finish this year extremely well. Be present. And, and, you know, again, there's so much rhetoric about 2020. But if all of us became millionaires in December, wouldn't we go, well, I guess this year is pretty good. You know, so in, in my mind, I'm going, I just, I'm a hopeful person. I'm an optimistic person. Man, I encourage it, each and every listener, each and every viewer, count it all joy. Have have a fantastic holiday. Give your best wherever you are and, and finish strong. Um, don't hit that fast forward button. We're here right now. So good. What a great word to end on. Live in the moment. Yeah. Live in the moment. Don't get, don't get ahead of yourself. Live in the moment. That's a good word. Hey, I hope everybody who's been on connected to this podcast has been encouraged. Ryan, let me just take a quick moment to say thank you for your time. Thank you for pouring out some of your experience and knowledge and, and uh, wisdom from your journey. And I just want to say, man, we honor you here at Avail Leadership. We honor you, your, your leadership um, and you know, I think a lot would agree with me uh, at your, at your age, I think you're, you're, you're far beyond. And this is another one of God's grace, graces and mercies on your life. Um, it, it is, it is a joy to share this time with you. And, um, yeah. as a veil, we, we're 
honored to have you connected to the to the family of leaders that are speaking into so many leaders. Yeah. May, may God bless you and prepare you for all the things he has in store. And may he use you from every coaching consult to every podcast recording to yeah. every conversation with individuals to just make a difference in people's lives. You're, you're, awesome. you're doing an awesome job, Ryan. You really I are. appreciate that, man. I really do. Uh, everybody, thank you for being with us on this Avail Leadership Podcast. Remember, every week we have new a new episode coming out. Remember to get the Avail Journal if you haven't yet, availjournal.com. Get your free annual subscription, and we will see you next time here at the Avail Leadership Podcast. Wow, what a great leadership talk with Ryan Leak. For all things Ryan Leak, visit ryanleak.com. For more leadership resources, check us out at availleadership.org. For your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal, visit availjournal.com. One last thing, here at Avail, we just wanna let you know that we truly appreciate you and everything you do. As always, thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Leadership Podcast.